Welcome to the Wellness Law Podcast, where wellness and the law meet for contemplation and collaboration. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Health and Wellness Law. I am your host, Barbara Zabawa. Well, welcome Brad Cooper to the Wellness Law Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you are here today to talk to me about wellness law. And uh, everyone, I'd like you to meet Brad. He is the Chief Executive Officer of U.S. Corporate Wellness and also the co-founder of the Catalyst Coaching Institute. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what those are before we dive into our questions. So Brad, welcome to the podcast. Barbara, it's good to be here. Thanks for the invite. You are most welcome. So tell us first off, what is the Catalyst Coaching Institute and your company, U.S. Corporate Wellness? Yeah, they're very complimentary companies. So U.S. Corporate Wellness, we provide health and wellness coaching for organizations all over the country. So if you're an employer anywhere and, and you say, hey, we'd like to engage coaching to help support our employees, whether it's emotional, physical, mental health, those kinds of things, that's what U.S. Corporate Wellness does. And we've been doing that since 2007. And then the Catalyst Coaching Institute trains coaches. So if you decided, hey, you know, I think I'd really love to be a health and wellness coach, either to add that to a current career, a side business, or literally change careers to become a coach, we're one of the nationally board certified approved programs where you can do that. So a lot of other things, but in a nutshell, those are the two main components. Okay. So when you say nationally board certified, do you mean by the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches? Exactly. MBHWC. Okay. Exactly. Awesome. All right. And we're going to have that, uh, the leader of the MBHWC on a podcast. Leanne. Yes. She's she be is on. amazing. She does an annual visit with us on the Health, Wellness and Performance Catalyst podcast, and she is always outstanding. So she'll be great for your audience. Yes. Well, she'll be on in a few weeks. So you started uh, the U.S. corporate wellness business back in 2007? 2007. We were one of the early entries into the, into the industry. Wow. So what kinds of twists and turns did you have along the way? I mean, that's what, um, 15? Yeah, years you're 16 now. Yeah, exactly. Like anybody who's run their own business or frankly, just anybody who's lived life, you, you just, <laughs> there's always something. It's always ups, downs, turns, unexpected, surprises for good, surprises for bad. Um, I think the, the biggest change we've had is when we originally started in 07, our plan was more the, the tech side where we were going to have the portal and the coaching and all these different things. And, and we did that for a long time. But about seven, eight years ago, we found our reputation in coaching had really hit the pinnacle. We, if people are looking for nationally board certified coaching for their employees, they came to us. And so we said, let's, if that's what we, it's like you with wellness law, like it's what you do. Yes, you can do other things in law, but it's what you do. It's your specialty. It's what you're good at. And that's what we were too. We are really good at coaching and we had a heart for coaching. We feel like that's where you really move the dial and in, in personal change. You, you, how, when was the last time you went on a website and you said, my life changed because I read this piece of paper? Probably <laughs> not. So the, the coaching is really where we had found our niche and we really pivoted in that direction. That's primarily what we do. We do a little bit on the tech side with a few support pieces, 
but most of the time we partner with other organizations where the tech side is, that's what they do, but they don't want to mess with the coaching. So EAPs bring us in to do their coaching. Other wellness companies on the tech side bring us in to do their coaching. That's, that's who we are. So the coaches that, that are part of the Catalyst Coaching Institute, are they, how are they legally affiliated with the Catalyst Coaching Institute? Are they employees? Are they independent contractors? Are they just students um, who've taken a training? How, how are they coming to you and staying with you? Yeah, and that would be more U.S. corporate wellness, but same question. The There's a mix. We have some coaches that are contract and we have some coaches that are employees. And Coaching Catalyst Institute. That's the training institute. So that's the one that if you want to become a coach, you go through Catalyst. The, uh, organiz- okay. the U.S. corporate wellness is really the umbrella organization that provides the coaching for employers out there. Okay. Okay. So the U.S. corporate wellness is being hired by employers. Um, to provide wellness services to their employees, a part of which might be coaching, um, right? I mean, yeah, let's talk about exactly. What yeah, we've got offers. We've, what kind of wellness services do you offer? I mean, that get, leads to a, another question I had for you: Is how do you define wellness? Yeah, our three main partners are employers who want to provide coaching for their employees, benefit consultants who are looking to provide better coaching, best-in-class coaching, board-certified coaching for those that they serve, and EAPs, Employee Assistance Programs, same thing, where they're doing a great job on the counseling side, but they see a real value in bringing coaching in to be that bridge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes because there aren't enough qualified counselors available for the services needed, and sometimes just for a for that employee that says, you know what, I, I would like to talk to someone, but I don't think I'm ready for a counselor, then that coach provides that alternative for them. So those are really the three folks that we talk to. And then you were asking how I define wellness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody's got a different definition. And that's one of the reasons we started the Health, Wellness, and Performance Catalyst podcast is there's so many weird things out there when you talk about wellness. You know, it's, it's the Wild West. It's the follow the headline. It's the what's the latest fad? Oh, it must be a wellness fad. And we don't see it that way. We look at evidence based practices. I went back and got a PhD in performance psychology. We're big on making sure the research is behind what we're doing with our coaches, with our training institute. Et cetera, et cetera, because it is so e- I, every day. If you're on Twitter, there's some weird something out there that people are saying, Oh, did you know you can fill in the blank? And then we consider that wellness. And then we wonder as an industry, why are we not respected? Why, why are people looking at wellness as this, this, you know, marginal thing that, you know, does it really matter? No, not if you're following the fads, not if you're chasing the headlines, but if you're staying with the evidence, if you're following the evidence, then absolutely. All right. So let's take that back to what U.S. corporate wellness does. I assume that you, the services that are offered to your, your partners, be they corporations, companies, uh, benefit consultants, or um, your third type. Uh, oh, EAPs. EAPs. Yeah. What are you, what, what are the services that you are offering to them that presumably are evidence-based services besides coaching we know coaching is a component of that is there anything else that you are offering to those 
business partners? We'll help them with the program design, incentive development, some of those kinds of things. But no, that's where we pivoted about seven, eight years ago was everyone was hiring us for our coaching primarily anyway. Uh And so we pivoted, left everything behind and said, let's focus specifically on coaching. So coaching is really what we do. Okay. So you're not you're not going in and offering exercise programs or not. learns or we can't occasionally we'll do a lunch and learn. I do a lot of speaking around the country and I'll come in and do a talk for their leadership team or an executive retreat or a conference or a staff, you know, event offsite event or something like that. So yes, I'll come in and do some of those, but for the most part our you know, that's a, that's a minuscule piece. When you look at the overall picture, most of what we do is coaching for, tens of thousands of employees around the country. Are you, so you're not involved with any um, health risk assessment or biometric screening activities? No, in the past we've outsourced that. So if a company wanted to do, hey, Brett, can you do the coaching and set up biometrics and do an HRA? We've got some HOA partners that we work with, some outstanding ones, but they are great at what they do. There's no reason for us to try to recreate the wheel. So when that's a request, we bring in one of those other partners that we're we've known for years and get them involved and same thing with the biometrics. So we can connect the dots, but we don't create the dots. Okay. Do you have an opinion about biometrics? (laughs) Everyone's got an opinion about everything, don't they? Um, I should be careful how I answer this, Barbara, especially with an attorney who's recording it. Here's my two cents on on biometrics. They're great. They're important. I get a blood test on a regular basis. I want to make sure that I'm performing at my best and biometrics allows to do that. Now, my hesitancy with it is that it's seen as the end all be all, both biometrics and HRAs. And so we make that the priority. We make coaching secondary or tertiary. And obviously I'm prejudiced. So you can hear that in my voice. I like coaching. I think it makes the biggest difference. But if you line up a population of, of, I don't know, 5,000 people and you have everybody only do biometrics and you have group A or group B only do HRA and you have group C only do coaching, I can promise you it's simple which group is going to benefit the most. Now, that's with one slight caveat in that the biometrics will every once in a while catch that urgent issue Mm -hmm. that person that had no idea that their blood pressure was off the charts or they're pre-diabetic or or whatever it might be so that's that's the benefit if that's your goal with a a wellness program in quotes i'm doing my fingers you know they can't see that um then biometrics is your route to go if you just want to put the fires out that's your route to go an hra is a great self reflection tool if it's if it's utilized that way Mm -hmm. so as i go through that hra it's rare for someone to come out of an hra going whoa i had no idea but (laughs) but an hra can get you thinking so as i go through that i I go hmm i i you know i hadn't really thought about the fact that my sleep i put in the third option on the five point uh, scale so, so it can be a good reflection tool. Where we've found is when you combine coaching, coaching creates the change though. Coaching moves the dial. So no matter who you are, I have a coach and I work with on, we, we do a coach to coach program within our company. So all of us that are participating in that have a coach. I just talked to my coach a couple of weeks ago, Megan, and I know what to do. 
I mean, for goodness sakes, I've done 11 Ironmans. We won the race across America. I love endurance sports. I've been doing wellness my whole life. I'm a physical therapist. I know the what piece, but integrating that into my life in a way that makes sense doesn't always happen. And so Megan helps me as her using her coaching skills, her evidence-based coaching skills, intrinsic motivation, motivational interviewing, temperament, all those components that she's trained in to help me take the what and turn it into the who. So where we love it, if you, so obviously we're in favor of you only doing coaching if you have to choose between the three, but if you combine it with one of the other two, there's an immense value too, because again, pick either one, let's go with the HRA. So you go through the HRA and, and you're like, okay, yeah, pretty much what I thought, which is what 99% of your employees will say. They'll fill it out. They'll look at the results. They go, yeah, that's what I thought. That doesn't create behavior change. And, and I think, I think wellness programs, the whole intent of a wellness program is to create lasting, meaningful change. If you're missing any of those three words, you don't have a wellness program. If it's not lasting, then it's just a lunch and learn where everybody walks out going, woohoo, let's do whatever the topic was. If it's not meaningful, it's not going to stick because it doesn't matter to the person. And if it's not change, then what are we doing? Yeah. So, so ask yourself, whatever you're doing with your wellness program, does it create lasting, meaningful change? And that's why we do what we do. Well, I couldn't agree more that that is the ideal outcome or purpose for a wellness program in the workplace. But I have to ask, do you think that is the real purpose behind or intent behind a lot of workplace wellness programs? Or do you think it's just really a means to collect data? Yeah, and I'm I'm seeing the legal prejudice in your eyes, my friend. <laughs> so yes, I think you're onto something. I think unfortunately, the idealist in me of thinking, of wishing, of hoping that the reason we're doing health and wellness is create something that is lasting, meaningful, and and actually change that we can identify in the person that that that's the purpose. And I and I think for a lot of companies that it is. But I think you're also right. I think there are some shell games going on where they're presenting a wellness program as we're doing this for you. Just kidding. We just want more data. So yeah, I think I think that is the case in some some situations. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I think that's shifting. And especially with employees, you know, all the stuff we're seeing about turnover. When when you care about your employees, they can tell. And when you provide a nationally board certified health and wellness coach to come alongside you and not tell you what to do, not come in with an agenda, but just help you in the area that you want help, that's very different than being told you need to do this blood test. And if you score this number of points, then you have to do the next step. Yes. Well, um, and I think it, you know, I, it's incumbent upon me as a lawyer who specializes in this area to say that if an employer is looking at a wellness program the intent really is just to collect data that um, there is a legal Could be in trouble <laughs> that that really wouldn't meet the legal uh, requirement right. on the Americans with Disabilities Act um, for right. collecting the data. It has to have right. some uh, it has to help improve health or uh, prevent disease in some way. So that's that really has to be the point. And that's why I think integrating with health coaching is a really great idea. And I've been saying that in my various presentations all along. Well, you Good keep job. Keep doing it. Yeah, you keep referencing uh, the 
board certified coaching and alluding to the fact that a lot of um, your clients are searching for that board certified uh, coaching service. What percent of the corporate wellness community do you think even knows about board certification, much less appreciates the fact that there is this board certification organization, the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches. Um, I mean, has that, because honestly, in the conferences that I attend, we don't really talk about it. It's Mm. not, it's not being discussed. I don't know how much people are aware of, of that feature in coaching. It's a great question. And I think the level of understanding or awareness today versus 2017 when it started, it's a relatively new thing. So in 2015, you and I could just be sitting having coffee. You could say, Coop, let's be health and wellness coaches. I'd be like, Barbara, I love that idea. Let's do that. And we could walk out and call ourselves health and wellness coaches. Now we can still do that. We're not going to go to jail for that, but you're not credible anymore. So anyone who's done their homework, and yes, I agree, there are some HR execs, uh, benefit consultants who may not yet be aware, but they just haven't done their homework yet. So anyone who's done their homework just a little bit knows about the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching because we're six years in. There are over 6,000 nationally board certified coaches now. So we're not talking about a sliver of people anymore. And most, that's probably not fair. We only hire nationally board certified health and wellness coaches. And I think many of our competitors do the same thing. So I think it's getting out there. It's not across the board yet, but it's coming. Mm -hmm. It's coming. Well, when it will really achieve success, and maybe this has already happened, and I'd love to be able to get a liability insurer to on my podcast, those who specialize in offering insurance to uh, health and wellness coaches. I don't know if those insurers, uh, and there are several out there, um, require or offer some sort of incentive to be a nationally board certified health and wellness coach for purposes of getting insurance. Um, do you know? I don't know. Um, as I'm thinking about it right now, the battle is between Instagram posing and nationally board certification. So for individual clients, you're trying to decide do you prefer the person with lots of Instagram followers who likes to take pictures of themselves or do you want somebody who's actually trained to be a coach, who's trained in things like intrinsic motivation and motivational interviewing? So as you and I keep having conversations like this with different people, it's going to get out there. And I think eventually the insurance companies will move that direction. But right now, we just got to keep talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, if I had to guess, I'm, I would guess that any one of the liability insurers that are out there that offer policies to health and wellness coaches probably don't ask or care if they are nationally board certified health and wellness coach. I agree. And that's, that's yeah, yet. And that's been a, a problem um, that I heard about even when I first started my uh, law firm several, well, eight years ago now, Someone reached out to me who works alongside a liability insurance company, and that insurance company was asking this individual who reached out to me, how do we know if this person that we're 
hiring and placing in a corporate setting to do whatever, whether it was coaching or maybe exercise classes or nutrition, how do we know that they are qualified uh, and that they're a good risk for us to be placing inside the corporate setting? Can you please find out? And this person found me and asked me and I said, well, that's a great question. There really are no standards yet for um, these individuals who work in wellness, um, if they are not a licensed professional delivering licensed right. services within their scope, there's really no benchmark or way to know if this person is truly qualified and is not going to present a great risk in the workplace. Most likely it's just going to take one failure. You know, a coach that goes outside of scope of practice, um, breaks the code of ethics, those kinds of things. And then all the insurance companies will jump on board and say, okay, we're done. If you're not nationally board certified, you're not, you're not insurable. And yet that's already starting on the other side. So that's the insured side, the hiring side, almost across the board. I think most of us are looking only for nationally board certified coaches. Sure. But not everybody wants to be hired. A lot of people just want to get their shingle Correct. and be a solo entrepreneur yep. and just see clients. Um, right. That, and that, and they're, they can survive right now, but that's a very short runway. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if you ever watch American Greed. I used to watch it when I was on the treadmill in the morning. And, it, and I, my question on American Greed was always the same. What were they thinking? There's no exit strategy for these idiots. Like they build up this big whatever financial thing where they're cheating all these people. And I just kept thinking, there is no exit strategy. Like you can't win. You're happy. You're like, you got all this money for today and maybe next year or a couple of years from now, but you lose in the end. Why do you want that to be your story? And I think coaches are facing the same thing right now. You can get by for another two years, three years of people that you're, that are hiring you as an ind independent entrepreneur, you can get by, you can fake it. You can, you know, hope that people don't know what that is, but that's not a good exit. Like it's not going to last. So hmm. get, get on board because otherwise you're going to be left with no clients. Cause people are going to say, it's like a CPA. You wouldn't hire an accountant who's not a CPA. It's just not a thing. It's like your profession. People don't come to you and go, well, do you, do you read some legal stuff? <laughs> no. Are you a lawyer? <laughs> so it's, it's going to be the same in coaching. And so I just want to encourage the coaches out there, if you're on the fence, again, you can stay on the fence for a couple more years, but you can't stay on the fence. So I just want to encourage you, consider it strongly, build a plan. Maybe it's a two-year plan. It's not something you need to jump into tomorrow, but move that direction because you won't be credible in three years. You can, and, and by the way, I'm even talking to the folks that are incredible coaches, super experienced, have never gone through XYZ for the board certification, but they've been doing this a decade and they're really good at what they do. I, I get it. I can see why you'd say, well, why do I need it? I, I'm good at what I do. I don't need to prove it. You don't yet, but you will have to. And so I would just encourage everyone to build that runway where at some point, and, and you said you're going to have Leanna on here in a, in a little bit. She'll be great. And she'll explain why it's so important as well, but build that runway so that 
over time, you have that national board certification to demonstrate how good you already are. Yeah. Well, and then also from a legal malpractice kind of standpoint, to the extent that there would ever be a malpractice uh, lawsuit against a coach, you know, if you're truly staying within your lane, though, of coaching, um, no. you're not going to be engaging in really risky behaviors. You shouldn't be, but exactly. you may have chance that you would find yourself being accused of harming someone in some way through your coaching practice. If you were a board certified coach and you followed the standards um, of those, that board certification, that is going to help you immensely in defending yourself um, against any sort of claim that uh, might come your way as a, as a coach. So it, I think that's it, a good point. It, the MBHWC provides some nice guardrails. So that when you're not sure, is this in my scope of practice, you can just refer back and say, oh, yeah, it's it's not. I, I need to steer this a different direction. Yeah. Yes. So. All right. So if people who are listening want you've you've come they're on the fence and now they want to go on to the other side of the fence that it was, you know, <laughs> I want to get certified. Can they go through Catalyst Coaching Institute? and get certified by taking your training. They can, we're, and we're not the only game in town. So as Leanne will share, mbhwc.org has a lot of good options. Uh, we just put a video out on the YouTube coaching channel, youtube.com slash coaching channel. I think it should pop up. And it goes through how to filter down. It's not an ad for us. It's how to filter down from the uh, currently 110 programs that you can get certified through down to the two or three that are the best fit for you in probably about 10 minutes. It's not a long process. So if you're, if you're trying to decide, yes, we'd love to have you consider Catalyst Coaching Institute, but you've got a lot of good options out there. There are a lot of good programs. And if you are on that fence, that, that video might help you filter that down from, oh my gosh, there's 110 options. Where do I start? To, okay, these are the two or three that are best for me. Now, where do I go from there? Okay. Great. So youtube.com slash coaching channel. Correct. Okay. And if they did want to learn more about the Catalyst Coaching Institute, what is where can they do that? Yeah, the website is catalystcoachinginstitute.com. Um, our approach is we're not, we're not a certification mill. So our goal is not to get as many people through the program as possible. We like the personal connection. So I think I spent two hours yesterday talking to people that were trying to decide about which program to go through. They had different questions about the process and all that. So shoot us an email. It, it, just send it to results at catalystcoachinginstitute.com. Put in there something about you have questions about certification or your career or whatever you want to do. And either I will call you, Susanna will call you, or one of our key mentor coaches like Susan, Mary, or Sabrina will call you. And, and thank just you talk for listening through, not to a the wellness person, law just talk podcast. through what, what you fits can for find you. more wellness Great. law resources sure to put those, by visiting uh, the Center for the Health and Wellness Law website at www.wellnesslaw.com, where you can also subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on social media. Great to be here. Until the next episode, stay well. Stay hopeful and stay legal.